Welcome to Two Please, a podcast centered on all things entertainment and pop culture. I'm your host Abhin, and I'm your co-host Rohit. And if you've ever loved movies and loved discussing them and dissecting them and finding out the nitty-gritty things about them, you've come to the right place. Because let's be honest, that's really what we're here to do. <laughs> so, welcome to the episode. Glad you could join us. I am big. It's the pictures that got small. So hello, welcome to our first ever episode. Um, to preface why this is a thing, I've I've always loved the medium of film and everything that came with it, and I know Rohit has as well. In fact, when we met in college almost twelve years ago, uh, it was the one thing we truly bonded over. Now, fast forward to present day, and we're recording this episode and generally this podcast a day after I first pitched it to him. Yeah. In fact, uh, for the last uh, what couple of weeks, uh, this this idea has been bouncing off in my head that uh, uh, doing something outside of work which feeds your creative energy in your work. So uh, I had this idea, and I was like, okay, so what's the one thing where I feel I could give a qualified opinion? I was like, movies. At least uh, you you are allowed to be subjective enough in movies. And uh, when you reached out to me. uh randomly saying much i want to do a movie podcast i said like, dude that's exactly what i was also thinking and what i was waiting for now since this is our first episode we'd like to clarify that this podcast is meant for everyone because our taste in films tends to cover the entire spectrum uh so be it zelaski's possession or a salman khan's wanted a bollywood calling to a mission impossible 6 everything and everything shall be discussed on this podcast Okay, so welcome to our first ever episode, which ironically is a two-parter uh, called "Zack Snyder Can't Cut," and by the looks of it, neither can we, because this is going to be a very long pod with a lot of information and, and opinions on Zack Snyder's work in the past, specifically in the DCEU, or rather, with a sharper eye on the DCEU. We'll be looking at films um, ranging from. Um, Dawn of the Dead to 300 Watchmen Sucker Punch maybe I don't know listen to find out more if we talk about it No Sucker Punch <laughs> I've always been interested by the film but I've never really gotten into watching it I just remember the trailer being very yellow like mm, it's just like, yellow and black mm, and just like hyper saturated colors and a lot of slow mo obviously And obviously, I mean that it's neither it goes with the territory. Mm-hmm. So the first episode is going to deal with, as we mentioned, Snyder's previous work in the DCU and some of his work in the past. The next episode, we look, uh, we'd rather take a deep dive into the Justice League, i.e., the Whedon cut, and of course, the Snyder cut, would, the now famed uh, Snyder cut, which is four hours long and shot in uh, four by three. A film I have opinions about, and I'm certain Roth does as well, because yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah it's. I I mean, I'll go so far as to say that I liked it. I think you did too. 
but we have opinions on it now you said i'll go so far as to say i think you would have i thought you would have a more polarized opinion so mm. i'd go so far as to say as i like i think that's that's not a stretch it's mm. it's a definite improvement on uh, the weeden cut and uh, i think at the very least you 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 like it but you'll also have opinions about it i think it's the perfect movie to start our podcast off with because you're invariably going to have opinions about it mm. that seems like a perfectly valid reason <laughs> the reason i didn't think of when we first started this i was like oh yeah this night accord is out we should talk about it but rohit obviously has given this far more thought than i have <laughs> <laughs> so there's been a long history of zack snyder and um, his his films his his movies have always almost always divided critics he as a director in my opinion has had a very visually appealing style and which he mm-hmm. was brought on to uh, kickstart the DCEU when the Marvel universe was was taking off um and things haven't really uh, gone as well as one of the others who own the property uh, would have thought my primary problem with zack snyder i mean i'm sorry i'm diving into straight criticism but my primary problem with zack snyder is that he gives greater importance to visual appeal over the weight of story in my opinion the way a good movie comes together is your your main focus or your primary uh, motivation that drives the movie forward has to be the story second after story i would say our characters whose motivations are fleshed out and ideally are enmeshed into how the story progresses forward that translating into a great screenplay and great dialogue um these three things kind of for me make a good movie and then that layered with say great music or you have callbacks or references to other works stuff like that that those are like little brownie points you score in a movie with you know specific sets of fans but these three if you don't tick these boxes then even if your cinematography is great and there are so many movies right where you, you've seen cinematography to be really great visually amazing or the music is amazing but if you're not taking your boxes on uh, an engrossing story one where uh, your audiences can relate to it a little more the, the the higher the relatability the the more audiences will feel they themselves to a degree have stakes in how the story progresses mm-hmm. and how characters which are fleshed out kind of uh, are enmeshed or are built into the story all of those things i think snyder really uh, falls flat on in the sense uh visually amazing all of his mm-hmm. movies are great in terms of visuals although even in that i have uh, opinions specifically mm-hmm. i'll get to that in due course but uh, very shallow storylines his uh, his characters are very shallow and that very prominently shows in his dialogue yeah. in his dialogue and in his screenplay mm-hmm. so i think that's where if you if you're looking to go Uh, to the theaters or to the, to the cinemas for a cinematic visual experience snyder is your man mm-hmm. but if you're wanting to go to the cinemas and come out feeling fulfilled bad choice yeah i mean i, I agree for pretty much most of everything you said so i there's a really interesting nerd writer video from a couple of years ago this was around mm-hmm. the time when batman v superman came out and it talks about how zack snyder is a director of moments where he tends to favor a moment over exactly yeah he he tends to favor a moment over the overarching storyline so there's a great example of it so i think um, in in batman v superman itself there is a sequence uh, which is like 
there's a there's a hurricane uh, tearing through a town and there's a family that stand that stranded on top of a roof and they've spray painted a logo the superman logo onto the roof and there's this this is really slow mo pan that uh you know that focuses on i, I think the mother of the house because you can see she's evidently having a horrible time and then she spots something in the distance and uh, as the camera pans slowly towards her she raises her arm out and then it shifts and when the camera shifts you see superman floating in the sky with his hands folded see that so uh, barring the obvious jesus allegories which we will get to because there's there are plenty of it in um, in in minus in all three superman properties nobody would do that in a situation where someone is under is in a situation of distress right so that's generally something you wouldn't do like that scenario happens only when you're doing you're trying to execute this like this crazy shot and and i'm guilty of like for falling for it because when i first saw it and as much as i was having a horrible time with the movie i was like oh that's a beautiful looking shot there are if you if you go back to watchman which is more or less a panel to panel rip off of the graphic novel it is gorgeous gorgeous to look at man uh and i i think that a lot of it is attributed to uh, to snyder's past experiences working as working in commercials and in music on on music videos that's kind of where he cut his teeth and then he eventually um you know brought that onto his, his films because i his first ever directorial debut from his full feature was was 300 which uh although not uh, exceptionally my small correction i mean i think yeah. his movie debut was dawn of the dead 2000 oh right i'm sorry yeah yeah there we go yeah dawn of the dead yeah oh yeah of course i was and he's and he's got a sequel coming up to it yeah um which uh, minor segue had ty burrell in a completely different role from phil uh-huh. but anyway we'll, we'll we'll get to that another time so yeah, i remember so 300 was like the first film i watched that that he had done mm-hmm. it was we just got out of 10th grade at the time and visually excellent great storytelling and exactly. i think for for that kind of story like snyder is good and i think uh when it came to watchmen the issue with with primarily that i had with watchmen and i think a se- several of them had with watchmen was that it was great to look at but once again style over substance so there was at no point did i feel for any of the characters i mean uh, uh jackie earl haley as rorschach is perfect casting i think in terms of just nailing down a character amazing casting great uh patrick wilson as uh, as night owl he landed the perfect cast he landed the perfect setting but the story he he told and and in the end i, I think he, he if you've read the graphic novel and if you've seen the movie you realize the endings are switched out for both uh so i mean spoilers for watchmen in case you can skip ahead uh by about 3 minutes if you want so in the graphic novel it's it's ozymandias teleports a giant squid into this into the yeah. yeah into the heart of new york city which sends an electromagnetic shock wave that kills everyone which props props to the tv show they actually stuck to that out yeah. this premise and yeah. they pulled it off oh yeah yeah they have a great sequence in hoboken uh where um uh, where one of the characters oh man the yeah. sequence was yeah it was terrifying cuz i i didn't realize what i was looking at and then i was like oh no they actually stuck the uh, they yeah. went to they went to the the book ending as because in the movie it's like it's ozymandias as cleverly uses dr manhattan's own uh power against him and creates a nuclear dev- uh, explosion in the, in, in the heart of new york city killing everyone and zack snyder found that too crazy <laughs> yeah zack snyder did <laughs> so yeah um oh, yeah. anyway so from there there's there is a little known movie called owls of gaul that i haven't seen 
it's a it's a it's an, an, it's an animated movie of owls and uh, this was just when and i think around this in 2010 i think it came out in 2010 if i'm not mistaken and this was just the time uh, the marvel cinematic universe universe was getting uh, its footing and this was when movies started to uh, their their release schedule started to ramp up and mm-hmm. uh, this and at the same time the biggest franchise or like the biggest superhero franchise was christopher nolan's uh, dark knight because Mm-hmm. He had Batman Begins. He had, um, of course, uh, the Dark Knight, and then he, the Dark Knight Rises, was in production. And uh, so Warner Brothers thought it would be a great time to bring on, uh, you know, to obviously look towards the future. And Christopher Nolan, for a very long time, was uh, dabbling with the idea that uh, of creating a different take on Superman, which stripped him of his, uh, you know, his, his godlike. Um, aura that he's had consistently over the comics or just in any sort of media where he is this perfect human being that's infallible just ob- a man with no faults whatsoever um but nolan was clear about one thing was that he'd wanted to develop the project um but at the same time had no interest in in directing it because i think he he himself was suffering from superhero fatigue and as a result one of others green uh, greenlit man of steel uh, which they then cast henry henry cavill for who i think in my opinion is probably the best person they could have gotten for that role i really like him as superman he is the perfect superman yeah i i feel he he looked the part he he was he was able to um you know play off between being this uh this messiah like figure while also being uh, a man who was trying to find his place in in this earth very well and when i first watched man of steel when I, i think it came out we were we just we just been done with exams and i remember going to watch man of steel and um i did not like it i think a lot of the issues that um that i that i had with the film was that i really liked how it began i liked how it started mm-hmm. but that third act um which basically is involves metropolis being raised to the ground in in mm. startling 911 uh, uh correlations because it it was uh, i i remember watching the movie distinctly and looking at at uh skyscrapers collapse and thinking did nobody think twice about what was happening because as cool as this is it's great like it looks amazing and mm. um but you have two superhuman beings being flung through buildings uh <laughs> without really true, true. yeah and millions have probably died but then a couple of years later i understood you know i i realized that i hadn't seen man of steel at, at the point and I, i mean for a while at this point and i thought you know what i get it if two like if you have two superhuman beings throwing down in 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 the in this in in like a highly populated area this is what is going to happen like you cannot obviously like superman has always been able to save people throughout his uh mm-hmm. his his character arcs and in comic books and movies he's always that guy who looks after people first but i i got that he was being overwhelmed in 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 this particular situation where he doesn't he's being beaten to the ground by four individuals who who are obviously military trained and this is just a farm boy who grew up in Kansas right so mm-hmm. and and i understood as like oh the world isn't ready for a superman all of that is fine i watched the movie again and then there is a and this is my issue with zack snyder like he was it's fine okay you can pummel us to the ground with with what many would consider would consider senseless action but at least know what you're doing like at least like keep in 
stay consistent with what uh, with what's happening on screen because there is a sequence where he saves Lois Lane, Superman saves Lois Lane, flies her down to the sand to uh, to the ground, and they share like this intimate long kiss with with a joke in the middle. Metropolis is 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 in a horrible place. People have look just look around. I'm like, come on, Zack Snyder, what are you doing? Okay, I think I'm like. Again, I'm he's, he's playing the moment over the story. Exactly. Yeah. So it's that, all about these big moments that he loves playing up. Yeah. So okay, I think I've gone on like a huge Zack Snyder rant, and I've both of us been listening <laughs> but, to the last. But I have a contradiction. I would contradict what you're saying, but I would say among his uh, filmography, I would rate Man of Steel to be his most humane movie, I in the sense that. in the sense that so like you said right how do you make superman more relatable hmm. because he has nothing in common with with the average human he, he is even a god like in uh, his past hmm. but uh, so i like the fact that see we can't bring superman down to our level unless you bring kryptonite into the equation hmm. so why not bring in four other kryptonians who hmm. can kind of who who cover that power, mm. that energy gap or the power gap mm-hmm. uh, the ability gap between humans and superman mm. so that way he's managed to in uh, pull up the stakes immediately the other thing is the fact that what triggers superman to take action against general zod is mm. the fact that general zod makes a mistake of hurting his mom martha mm. Mm. now the fact that that is his motivation mm. roots it into a in a very human uh instinct in a very human reaction mm-hmm. which i felt was the one good the one thing that snyder did really well in man of steel which is that he managed to or he was successfully able to uh, give a very human and relatable motivation to uh, a key action of superman which was to break his credo of you know what i'm not going to be violent against anybody else mm-hmm. to go from that to in a, in a snap second the moment he sees martha being hurt mm-hmm. he's just mm-hmm. like you know what screw this i'm just mm-hmm. going to like to to help with general zord mm-hmm. so that kind of switch for the motivator to be something that we can relate to is probably the most humane thing i've seen zack snyder do i i mean i really like mm-hmm. the the concept that um like so basically manuscript is, is a tale of two fathers teaching their son right that's it's, mm-hmm. it's like it's basically uh, jorel telling his son like, that you would it, it's it's god and joseph yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh got <laughs> through me off. Anyway, <laughs> um yeah, I've given you your uh, entry. Go for it. Uh no, anyway. Uh, actually no, you you go I mean you carry on, dude. <laughs> no, so did, did I jump the gun or something? No, no, no. Go on, go on, go on. It's fine. No, no. I mean, it, it's it's very obvious, right? The the fact that you have uh, a being from not from earth. who is uh, giving instruction to your protagonist mm. who has been who has been brought up on earth was in red and raised on earth mm-hmm. by a human mm-hmm. who and the human is fully aware that this child is not entirely mine but is a vessel for something greater yeah. I'm like to you could not <laughs> make it more about jesus right <laughs> yeah so and yeah, i mean i Yeah, yeah so basically no, sorry i was just one one last point like yeah. jumping the gun a bit but in in the snyder cut when he he flies up to the sun and spreads oh. his arms out and like might as well spell it out at this point right 
he does he does it in man of steel as well right so as soon as they like yeah. he, when they throw lewis off the uh, off the aircraft or off the spaceship uh he is uh he gets off the spaceship and jarl is telling him to go you can save her cal He's, like you can do it and he turns and as he turns his arms spread and then into like this jesus like position and then he just flies into the at- into the atmosphere so he does this all the time i mean i get superman is a messiah figure the closest thing you'll get to a god great yeah i heard i've heard you once i've heard you try the third time is like please like especially when you mentioned the snider cut and obviously um but that was totally unnecessary just you know for our movie we know like, like okay we know now we know i mean okay so superman equals jesus yes <laughs> we are aware so yeah i mean i have come to like man of steel a lot more over the last couple of years i feel it's grown on me i had a very um not so uh, nice take on it when i was when i first watched it it grows on you it it, it does grow on yeah so so i think it is definitely as you mentioned i completely agree with you his most human uh, film yet a very interesting depiction of of superman of and a depiction that i really gravitated to uh, in in the recent past and things were set up to be very exciting like it it was there was now scope to create a whole uh, you know possibly to ground the character a little more because it ends with him going to work at the planet and 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 also like another one, another really interesting thing is when like when she when she joins uh, as we i know we should on side of first dialogue but there's a very clever bit of dialogue there where when he gets the job and perry uh, gives him the perry white gives him the job uh, lewis tells him uh, lewis like gives him uh, shakes his hand and says welcome to the planet which is obviously like welcome to da- the daily planet right. as at the same time it's like oh okay nice mm-hmm. of you to join us v- very interestingly done but i think this is in in my opinion was the high point of this uh, of Zack Snyder's uh filmography in, in the DCEU i agree i think now would be an interesting now would be a great time to bring up BVS which again i'm not going to lie when uh, i think Harry Lennox the, the guy who plays general swan swanwick they brought him on at comic con in 2014 or 15 and and he reads a passage from uh the dark knight returns uh which is uh, i i want you to remember my hand at your throat which is uh, i want you to yeah and i want you to remember the one man who beat you and i was like oh no are they doing that is this is what they're doing i was very what's the comic movie i have i love the comic book i oh, I, i love the comic movie dude it is so good i mean the fact that old bruce wayne and the fact that he's addicted to being batman and mm-hmm. the issues that he has to overcome and at the same time so obviously the the comic is more centered on batman superman is more a peripheral character mm-hmm. but while while the story is a lot more outlandish obviously mm-hmm. being the comic books as a medium inherently is a lot more outlandish so while the story is a lot lot more outlandish what it does is the story serves to make the character motivations a lot more believable so in the dark knight returns when batman says i need to take down superman because he is somebody who is beyond authority and in my world view i cannot accept somebody being beyond authority and therefore he needs to be taken down versus whatever past for motivation in bvs and having seen the dark knight returns before i watched bvs i was like dude this doesn't even measure up right? this is bullshit like yeah. i cannot relate to ben affleck's batman wanting to take down superman yeah so i mean you wouldn't yeah, it would it would make no sense because um, as much as i like ben affleck's batman his his reasons for taking down superman as much as they are um you know i mean 
you get i mean as bvs opens you are introduced to us to why he has he feels the way he does about superman which is fine i get it mm-hmm. um and also to, i mean before we get to bvs that something about the dark knight returns is very interesting because you know this that uh, what what is that cult called is it the cult of batman or, or what are they called oh i i forgot yeah the yeah. followers uh, of the fo- yeah the followers where they the way they just get rapidly violent and you know yeah, yeah. they they want batman is the law it is uh, uh, i mean it obviously wasn't planned that way because it was written 40 odd years ago but it is a very strong uh, uh, allegory to the whole snider cut situation as to what uh, what led us to get the snider cut and how what the fan reaction was and just as much as people were mm-hmm. passionate about the subject it's just that there were, there are some halfwits out there that i mean and we'll get to that have they haven't changed their stance still i mean when we'll get to why as well because some people will never change but yeah um a, a very strong i mean it, it's just it just it just shows that life is cyclical it's just it's all like causality plays a big part it just keeps shifting <laughs> through through the ages anyway uh back to bvs actually i'll, I'll let you take lead on this because i i went on a big rant for manasil and i and i've hate and i to this day ha- have issues with bvs so go uh, like like I, i will stop now <laughs> yeah, so the the, the okay uh, coming to the obvious like luther named elephant in the room uh, i'll keep that aside for later uh, my primary uh, issue with bbs was coming back to my point that i made right what a good cinema uh, experience should be story was very disjointed when it came to bbs if you were to see if your movie is called batman versus superman right there needs to be a, a decent enough and believable enough build up to the fact that there is a reasonable conflict between batman and superman in their ideologies and because the dceu was in a order warner brothers were in a panic state to try to respond to marvel the idea was that bvs while also acting as a vehicle to have this great pitched battle between batman and superman also needs to to some degree set up uh, the dceu universe towards further movies or say the justice league movie the mo- first of all the, the script was balancing too many it's juggling too many balls right mm-hmm. it's not going to be able to do that when you're trying to do too many things you're not going to do any of them right Mm-hmm. so first of all bbs was trying to be too many things at once mm-hmm. it ended up not doing any of them really well mm-hmm. uh secondly i felt if if you're if that's the core of your movie right mm-hmm. you have such great source material mm-hmm. in in the dark knight returns yeah. obviously frank miller unfiltered is not going to go down well with the audiences you mm-hmm. pick the parts that you want to you want to adapt and you mm-hmm. you uh, keep out the more contentious bits okay. but uh, you take that story and then i mean you've taken parts of various other comic uh, plot lines and kind of made this mishmash together and uh, for the introduction of uh, doomsday was that even necessary now as a comic i mean not that i'm a comic book fan but i am aware of batman superman i've grown up with these comic characters in my life the fact that the two of them have a showdown is a big enough storyline or story event for for the movie to be centered around it the fact that doomsday's uh, appearance 
kind of paused that fight and then i guess that had that served more the cause of justice league coming together and fighting them which made the like what was the point of the whole batman superman fight right like you have these guys go have a go at each other for half an hour suddenly this other dude came in and then everything's hunky dory because they shared the, their mothers shared the same name same which <laughs> oh. i don't okay, i'm i'm going to yeah. breeze fast that because yeah. that is a podcast episode <laughs> <laughs> this is so, like like uh, hollywood discovered divar 40 years later it's like tere mere paas kya hai exactly right yeah. so again it it comes back to the same point i don't i mean i'm not saying zack snyder was whole and soul in charge of how the script played out mm-hmm. but again what you're doing is your script is sub your story is subservient to moments you've got your moments uh, worth of batman fighting superman you you squeeze the last cinematic visual extravaganza out of that inter- interaction or that fight mm. and suddenly next thing you're like okay doomsday sliding on screen and then wonder woman's there and you know all of these guys are fighting and i'm like dude what happened to the fact that i was invested in what happened between batman and superman and the fact that the line that you read out right mm. is so integral to the character of batman it's mm-hmm. the point that So Batman as a character, he has no superpowers. Mm-hmm. His only superpower, as he says in the city, is he's rich. rich. Mm-hmm. He's rich, and more than anything else, he's smart and mm-hmm. he's well prepared. That mm-hmm. is for, for me, in my limited understanding, mm-hmm. is the primary characteristic of Batman. He is prepared for everything. Mm-hmm. So even in his fight with Superman, which we see in Dark Knight Returns as well, he, which I mean, to mm-hmm. his credit, Snyder brought him to BVS as well. Mm-hmm. Batman has a special suit to kind mm-hmm. of take hits that Superman gives him, and Batman is prepared with uh, kryptonite spears and arrows and mm-hmm. those smoke bombs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. In fact, in Dark Knight Returns, he has Green Arrow help him with the kryptonite arrow. Exactly, well, exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the degree of planning he's gone. Uh, he's done for his fight with Superman. so you you brought all of that and then suddenly for batman to be undone by the fact that superman mutters martha's name uh, mm-hmm. it just and it just undid so much of the dramatic build up that you you know uh, kind of put into the movie until this point i'm just like you know what at this point the fact that this this fight has dissipated so tamely kind of makes me disinterested for what's happening next so i think uh, yeah a, a big part of see the movie lost me in trailer 2 so which is so <laughs> what trailer yeah <laughs> i'll tell you why because um so before i get into my issues with bvs is that um, so the first trailer is fine okay where you know like they release a te- teaser of of batman in 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 the dark knight returns outfit and he's like turns he turns the bat signal on and you can see superman floating in the distance a 30 second trailer and then they had a, the first trailer which was really nice i don't know if one brothers got scared because i think rumors were that they saw an early cut of the film and they were like oh shit this is too long or this is this is mm. not what we want it's too dark it's not it's not fun and they and they did the one thing you should never do with movies especially when you're holding out a secret where there was a 2 minute the trailer that came out uh, immediately after it was 2 and a half minutes it had the entire plot of the movie in it when i saw doomsday come crashing down uh, that skyscraper i was like you have lost me completely because i know um, i'll be like okay fine anybody who knows superman knows who doomsday is because he's the only person who's managed to kill him i mean brainy actor but whatever but he started the famous one like the first time he ever died was because of 
doomsday right so when you put doomsday in a movie you're like okay so i know how this is going to end so this is what when you put doomsday in a movie called batman versus superman you've lost your hook Exactly. You know that Batman vs Superman is not the final fight. There are there are at least I counted at least four movies in Batman vs Superman alone. There's the sequel to Man of Steel, which is where he is being reprimanded for uh, the Metropolis disaster. Which fine I can is because people don't understand who he is. They're they're, they're afraid of him because obviously the destruction he's left in his wake. There is the Batman movie where he's trying to figure out who the Superman character is, and just generally, he himself is coming to terms with the death of Jason Todd because it is very heavily implied that Jason Todd is dead in this uh, in this universe. Um, then there is the Justice League setup movie, which is um, which uh, which is. Dana Prince and then that that PowerPoint presentation of whatever like those videos <laughs> on on the screen. Uh, oh oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there's there's the Doomsday movie, which is uh, Lex Luthor bringing Doomsday to life. Fine. And there's the Injustice movie in there as well, Injustice and Dark Side, which is what what it sets up for. So wait, was there a reference to Dark Side in BVS? Yeah, the whole uh, the Bruce Wayne's dream. So where? Oh yeah, hmm. right, right, right. So where, uh, Flash comes. Where Flash shows up and flashes Lewis is the key. Mm-hmm. So when he says Lewis is the key, I was like, are they doing injustice? And then it cuts to the nightmare sequence where the parademons are flying down and Superman is like, oh, you mm-hmm. killed. I was like, oh, oh shit, they're going injustice as well. Five movies in the first hour and fifteen yeah. minutes. Why? <laughs> Who asked yeah. for it? I, I wanted. To, I mean, fine. The thing with why Dark Knight Returns, why that fight works in Dark Knight Returns is because. Bruce Wayne is old. He's known Clark Kent for a very long time. Like there are yeah, friends. Yeah, exactly. Who, yeah, and th- which adds more heft to the fact that in fact, yeah, because then because he comes and he has a conversation with him and says, "Don't like the gov. If you keep doing the shit you're doing, the government is going to send me to like uh, take you out." Which adds like you know, and and there's the whole Joker element, and there's he, there's a lot of conflict there, as well as Jason Todd's death, which. is completely shot on in the sequel to that no, to that graphic novel because oh, the dark knight strikes back is possibly one of the worst graphic novels i've ever read <laughs> so it just proves that okay everyone can have a misstep but yeah I, so i blame partly i blame uh, one of us for doing for interfering because they 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 got a massive case of cold feet uh, judging by what was happening with the avengers and you can see why because when we get to justice league also we learn we'll uh why they brought on who they brought on was because they mm-hmm. evidently wanted to go in a particular direction right and the theatrical cut of bvs is is not nice it's not a good movie then there's then they released the ultimate cut a couple of months later if i'm not mistaken which is about 3 hours long and the movie holds up for the first hour and 15 minutes where you understand motivations you understand um Uh, like there's a whole sequence with the, with the african lady and they frame superman for the for the murder of um mm-hmm. uh of like a whole village in uh, in east africa where the terrorists are hiding all all of that uh, so there's more like you understand it, it plays off like a bit, it has a bit of an espionage thriller situation going on for the first 45 minutes but as soon as you hit the mata uh conundrum the movie falls apart also no matter what cut you watch i i gave it the benefit of the doubt when they cast him jesse eisenberg as lex luthor is like watching shahrukh khan in dar i mean so this is obviously a very cuz he's got the stutter he's got the 
Five minutes into BVS, this dude is like, he's not hurting people. He's maiming people. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I am on board with this Batman. Please, <laughs> like, 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 I want to watch the entire movie about this guy. Like the warehouse sequence where... Um, the, so there, there is a direct... I mean, like we talk about Zack Snyder's um, uh, comic book affiliations, right? So there's a direct scene from The Dark Knight Returns where Batman goes through a wall... and pulls yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i remember the the where of sequence in yeah. dark knight returns it's it's not exactly the same but he's shown that same aura of fear that yeah. batman has in dark knight returns mm-hmm. in this scene yeah because if you, even if you watch nolan's batman he's he's never scary he's more he's intimidating uh batman begins is where i think he was possibly his most domineering when he felt uh, the like oh. who yeah like the whole falcony thing anyway um but yeah great depiction of batman deserved his own film I, it was really sad to see it uh, go away i don't think we'll ever get it uh, they didn't give him i think he was he was to direct and write it as well so it was just he was to direct and write it then it went to uh, i think matt reeves. matt reeves came on board and then ben affleck got off board and now it's uh, robert pattinson robert pattinson right mm. which is also I'm very intrigued so, by that by that movie but that is that's a that's a conversation i don't know i think it's going to be the same like christian bale in the sense that he'll make a great bruce wayne mm-hmm. but the thing about ben affleck's batman was he's outrageous i mean it's more the suit i guess than ben affleck but he's outrageously muscular right he's 6 foot 4 which, so he's like <laughs> yeah which is what i want in my batman like i see in my mind objectively speaking i know that the super buff batman Mm-hmm. does not reconcile with the suave bruce wayne mm-hmm. ben affleck is probably the only guy who makes that work yeah <laughs> i can see him as that batman mm-hmm. and i can kind of i mean not exactly but i'll give him that pass as bruce wayne yeah i mean his history is like i mean if you know ben affleck the person you can possibly be like okay i get why he was cast as bruce wayne <laughs> but yeah as yeah. the one of my possibly my favorite depiction of of the batman and uh, and uh, sorry sorry to interrupt you the other thing that really made batman for me which i think zack snyder generally does really well and i've seen that in man of steel as well uh, very few directors or i don't think any other director does cape physics as well as zack mm-hmm. snyder does in his movies i mean the flow of the cape whenever batman jumps from tower to tower or if he's zip line whatever he has a thing where he he uses that zip line thing mm-hmm. to kind of fly into enemies mm-hmm. in justice league or mm-hmm. even superman's flying around cape physics in snyder movies are amazing he doesn't uh, they don't they're not attached to this they're all cgi right 
Yeah, I mean, mm. whatever. Yeah, but yeah, because yeah, behind yeah, so, this is the final product is amazing. Yeah, so yeah, visual visual appeal, like we've mentioned a hundred times by now, like smile <laughs> is just is, is exceptional at it. And then after this came Suicide Squad, which I, I will not go into because it was a terrible movie. Um, I haven't watched it. Uh, I saw so, the review. That's like hard pass, uh, dude. Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. Oh, I mean, great turn by um, uh, by Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Like that's mm. that, that's probably the best bit. I can see that role it. she's retained in yeah. the soft reboot as well and yeah. Birds of Prey. So clearly, yeah. something clicked. Mm. So I mean, she has an audience. Is she has an audience? Birds of Prey, I thought was all right. I didn't really enjoy the film as much. It took an, an age to get off the ground. So yeah. this is uh, this is where the first episode ends. Episode two deals with uh, Joss Whedon's cut of the Justice League, and of course the backlash that followed, which ultimately led to the Snyder cut coming into fruition. We'll obviously take a look into what went wrong with uh, the Whedon cut, uh, and just generally our thoughts and opinions on uh, on on the Snyder cut because. Trust us, we have uh, we have a fair bit of it to talk about. So episode two is out, as you're probably listening to this. And if you've enjoyed episode one so far, uh, just jump on to episode two. Come along with us. We we continue to talk about it in further detail. And uh, or if you want to take a break, like we did when watching the Snyder Cut, that's also perfectly fine. <laughs> and uh, whenever you feel like you want to listen to us talk about uh, the same movie but two versions in a lot of depth. Uh, we're always here. See you in a bit, or see you later. <laughs> Take care, guys. So they opened their big mouths, and out came talk, talk, talk. <laughs>